Hello and welcome to Harlan First and Monroe Chapel United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew, and uh, we're going to continue in our summer sermon series. Actually, we're going to be concluding it now. And I know we didn't have an episode last week. Um, I was gone, and uh, usually when I do these sermons on the podcast, it's not actually a recording of the sermon itself that's in church. I I just sit down and talk through the sermon uh, in a more of a conversational style, I guess. So uh, I was not able to have our uh, special guest preacher do that. So that's why we didn't have an episode last week. But we're back now and uh, going to finish the series on Exodus. We're in chapters 33 through 40 of Exodus. You know, we've come a long ways. We've been following Moses ever since he was a baby, uh, saved by his mother in the basket in the Nile River. We've followed him as he grew up in the Egyptian households. And then when he saw the oppression of his people, he ended up fleeing to Midian for a while, where he had his initial encounter with God in the burning bush. That's when God called him to return to Egypt to free his people or to convince Pharaoh to free the people. And then he led the Hebrew people out into the wilderness, and eventually they came to Mount Sinai, which is where they received the law and did a lot of things. They stayed there for a long time. So the last several weeks we've been at Mount Sinai, and today now we're getting ready to leave. God is calling them to leave the mountain and to head forward, to move forward in the wilderness. But before they do, there are a couple of things that they need to take care of first. First of all, there's that pesky issue of those stone tablets that Moses dropped to the ground and broke. You remember the story of the golden calf when Moses realized what they were doing? He just dropped them on the ground and they broke. And, uh, you know, he had to get those replaced. And so he goes back up Mount Sinai. This is his fourth time going up Mount Sinai uh, to get some new tablets. And so a good portion of Exodus 33 through 40 is just simply a retelling of some of the laws that were given to Moses. So first they have to take care of that. Then the second thing that they have to do is they have to get the tabernacle built. You remember the tabernacle or the tent of meeting, that portable tent that was considered to be a worship space, a place where the presence of God dwelt. You may remember several sermons ago when we talked about all of the details in the Bible about how the tabernacle should be built, what it should be made of, the material for the curtains, the wall hangings, everything. It's pretty dry reading. But there were seven chapters devoted to those details. Well, if you like that kind of thing and you haven't gotten enough of it, in Exodus 33 through 40, at least for part of it, they give all those details all over again in the process of telling you that they actually made the tabernacle. So anyway, they make the tabernacle, and then when it's finished, the glory of God enters the tabernacle in the form of a cloud. And uh, from then on, whenever the cloud would stay put at the tabernacle, they would keep camp. They would stay put. They wouldn't move. And whenever the cloud lifted, they would then move to the next place. And that's the end of the story for us. I mean, it's not the end of the story, but it's the end of the story for us, for our sermon series. It's the end of Exodus. The next book, Leviticus, uh, gives all bunch of laws that are said to be given to Moses on Mount Sinai. And then the next book, the book of Numbers, picks up right where we leave off. 
with them leaving Mount Sinai, and there are still many more wilderness stories before they get to the Promised Land. We don't have time for that now, maybe in a future series. But I think it's appropriate that we are finishing here still in the wilderness. You know, they're still moving forward. They're, they're not sure when they're going to get to the promised land or what that's going to look like. They don't have perfect faith. You know, they doubt, they make mistakes, they do horrible, depressing things. But God continues to go with them and they continue to move forward in the difficult times. You know, if you've been listening to a lot of these sermons online, you may be tired of me saying this, but I believe we are going through our own wilderness journey right now. In fact, that's the whole theme of this sermon series, moving forward in difficult times. We're going through a wilderness journey with the coronavirus, and uh, we're growing weary. You know, it's been five and a half months now, and we have no idea how long it's going to last, but you know, it's not going to last forever, but I think it's going to last longer than any of us would like. And, you know, with this coronavirus, we're getting weary. We're getting weary. We're getting tired of all of the precautions and the dangers. We're getting tired of everybody talking about it. And yet, how can we not talk about it? Because it in, involves everything, including a summer sermon series. But we're getting weary. And that's understandable. You know, the Hebrews were growing weary. They had times in the wilderness when they really questioned and they wondered if God was with them and they needed reminders that God was with them. And sometimes we need the same thing. As we move forward in our own difficult times, we have to remember that our faith does not promise us that we are going to be exempt from suffering. It doesn't promise us that we are some gonna, somehow going to avoid difficult times and that everything's going to go well in our life if we just follow Jesus. You know, many times we learn that, but it's not true. You know, a short look at the Bible will tell us that's not true. You see, our faith is the faith of the Hebrew people who spent 400 years in slavery, and then when they were released from slavery, they had to go into the wilderness. Our faith is the faith of the prophets who preached to the people in power, telling them what they needed to do, knowing that most of the time the people in power wouldn't even listen to them. Oftentimes they would preach to the loss of their own freedoms and lives, and yet they continued to preach as much as they could. Our faith is the faith of the Israelites living in Babylon with their temple and their land destroyed, crying out to God, and yet holding out hope for the future. Our faith is the faith of Jesus Christ who was nailed to a cross in his 30s, our faith is the faith of the disciples and the first followers of Christ, many of whom died because of their faith. You tell me somebody, you show me somebody who believes that our faith should exempt us from suffering and difficult times in life, and I'll show you somebody who's not very familiar with the Bible. No, that's not true. We don't have that kind of a faith. You know, our faith is not a rose-colored kind of faith. It's not a faith that denies or ignores the realities of the world and the difficulties of the world. Uh, that actually can cause a lot of harm. And so that's not the kind of faith that I preach. It's not the kind of faith that, that the Bible promises us. Uh, don't, don't even bother teaching your children that kind of faith. They're just going to have to unlearn a bunch of stuff when they get older. So just save them the favor and don't try to tell them that they're going to escape trials or difficulties or suffering. 
because we can't promise that. No, our faith doesn't promise those things, but our faith promises us that as we go through those things, God is with us. So looking again at those Bible stories I mentioned, our faith is the faith of the Hebrew people who, even though they were in slavery for 400 years and then went to the wilderness, God saw them through to the promised land. Our faith is the faith of the prophets who, even though nobody would or a few people would listen to them, they continued preaching and people are still reading their words today. Our faith is the faith of the Israelites in Babylon crying out when their land and their temple and everything they knew was destroyed, and yet God brought them back to rebuild. Our faith is the faith of Jesus Christ, who even though he was killed on the cross in his 30s, rose from the dead on the third day. Our faith is the faith of the disciples and the first followers of Christ, who even though many of them gave their lives for their faith, they died well and they inspired many people. And as a result, you are here listening to this podcast today. See, our faith is not a faith that promises us a good life, a wonderful life, or even a decent life. It is not a faith that promises us that everything that happens is going to be fair, but it is a faith that promises us that in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of the difficulties, God is there. God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, that's the message that we usually hear at Christmas time. God is with us. And that's a good message to hear at Christmas time. And for many people, they're going through the wilderness time at Christmas. Christmas can be a very difficult time for people. But if you're going through the wilderness time now, Christmas might not be the best time to hear that message. That message can be more pertinent now than at Christmas time. Because we need to remember, just as the Israelites, when they made that golden calf because they forgot God was with them, we need to remember that God is with us. We need to remember that God is continuing to carry us through. You know, I wish that I had some some good news to share when it comes to the pandemic. You know, I wish I could tell you that researchers have found out that the coronavirus isn't as deadly as they thought it was. I can't say that. I wish I could tell you that we're on the backside of this thing and things are just going to get better from here on out. I can't say that. I wish I could tell you that life is going to get back to normal. Worship is going to get back to normal. Everything's going to get back to normal soon. And indeed, there are many places in the world where things are starting to turn back to normal. But, you know, that's not the case for the United States. And there is no indication to say think that that's going to happen anytime soon. And I don't say these things to depress you. But I say these things because, as I said earlier, our faith is not a faith that denies or ignores the difficulties. And doing so can cause harm. No, we want to acknowledge the realities. We want to acknowledge the difficulties. And yet, we must not be a people who preach nothing but doom and gloom all the time. We can't just share bad news. I know it's tempting because there's a lot of bad news out there. There's a lot of good news too, but there's a lot of bad news too this year. But we want to avoid the temptation to just preach doom and gloom all the time, right? Because we have the good news. Not only do we have the good news, we have the best news ever. And that is that... Jesus died for us, rose from the dead for us. Jesus offers forgiveness and everlasting life, purpose for living now, and even purposeful living in the midst of the wilderness. And God is with us every step of the way. You know, you can tell somebody God is with them. Or if you want to be a little bit less uh, out there, if you're not comfortable with that, you could just tell them, hey, can I pray for you? That could just be a reminder to them. Uh, But we have good news to share. 
And so we want to be sure to share that good news and to live the good news, to internalize the good news that God is with us. Not just in the future, not just at some certain point when when uh, we're past all of this and things are going well again. I mean, yeah, it's good to know God is with us when things are going well, but it's even better to know God is with us when things are not going well. And for you, I, I know that the wilderness includes the coronavirus for all of us right now, but for you, that might not be your top concern, you know? You might have something going on in your life that's you got enough problems even without the coronavirus. You know, the wilderness for you might be something that you don't even really want to necessarily share with anyone. All of us are different. And so your wilderness journey might be something else, or it might include something else. But whatever you're going through, whatever your wilderness journey is, the good news is that God is with you. God is with you. And so as we continue through these difficult times, you know, we don't stay still. We continue to move forward. And so as we move forward in these difficult times, may we remember that even though our faith doesn't promise us escape or good times all the time, our faith does promise us that God is with us. God is with you. And God will see us through to the other side, to the promised land. Amen. God bless and have a great week.